Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. I've been trying to talk to us on this subject, uh, making us to understand that you don't need any more, whatever thing you want to call that, of the Spirit. You receive the Spirit into your life in Christ and through Christ from grace to grace of his fullness the Bible says we have received that same spirit from grace to grace and guess what we are made to understand the scriptures that Jesus himself was filled with the spirit or full of the Holy Ghost and because he was full of the Holy Ghost and you have Christ in you right now you are full of the Holy Ghost. What is important is this. You have to be able to identify what the Holy Spirit is intended to do in your life. How he intends you to manifest the grace that you have received in him. Everything you need for life as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned is resident in your life. You need to first understand that. And that's very important. Again our test is John 1.15. John 1.15. Oh, thank you Lord. And the Bible says, John bear witness of him, Christ saying, This was he of whom I speak, he that coming after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Then when you go to the next verse, he said, And of his fullness, of that Christ's fullness, have we all received, and grace for grace. Of that Christ's fullness, we have all received. Out of the abundance of that spirit, we have all received. Grace for grace. You progression in your grace and then you receive grace to do whatever thing that God has ordained for your life and your life to be. You receive the grace and it's right there. So what you're really supposed to be doing is walking out the grace that God has so given to you. Praise God somebody. And so when you go to 1 Corinthians 15 verse number 4 reading down, we also make mention of that. And the Bible says here, yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, and verse number 4, and there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are differences of administration, but the same spirit, and then there are diversity of operation, but it's the same God which worked only law. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with that. This is a key point. Every man is meant to profit from the spirit. Every man. So call it apostle, call it prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor, anybody, saints, just who you are, whoever you are, you are meant to profit from the Spirit. Hallelujah. You are meant to gain, you are meant to make profit. You know what that means? An addition to what you have already. When you go to do business, what happens? You trade and you make profit into or addition to your capital. You make profit for whatever thing you're doing. You are meant to make profit from the Holy Spirit that is resident in your life. God gave that to everybody. As long as you are called a saint, you have the ability to profit from the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that gave power to you to become the sons of God. As many have believed, the Bible says, He gave power to become what? The sons of God. Amen? Praise the living God. So I need it to get that. And I'm going to give you just a few examples. Some of the things that can definitely begin to happen when you come to relying and trusting and knowing that the Spirit is resident within your life. Few things that you're going to be seeing. Again, look at the book of Acts chapter 13, verse number 6. This is Paul. 
Act 13 verse number 6. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Look at that. The Bible says, And when he had gone through the eyes unto Paphos, Paphos, they find certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar Jesus, which was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired that he hear the word of God. But him Elamas, the sorcerer, for so is his name, by interpretation, which told them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, what happened here? Filled with what? The Holy Ghost. Set his eyes on him and said, All full of subtlety and all mischief, that child of the devil, that enemy of righteousness, without no cease to provide the ways of the Lord. And now behold, Hallelujah. The hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blinded, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness, and he went about seeking some to help him or to leave him, as the case may be. Amen. Now, this is what I want you to pick from this. You never saw Paul try to do any acrobatic thing in making the declaration. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, there's an empowerment in the word that you say, in the word that you proclaim, especially if there's resistance on the way that God has ordained you to walk in. You don't need to do anything but to make a declaration. That which you say from your mouth, as touching what is time to be a hindrance on your way, it gives way by what you declare. There's an empowerment that comes upon your word. The Bible said because it was full of the Holy Ghost, he said his finals in and said, be blind for a season. And all is like full of this. Somebody spoke this to me and said, this is what it means to deal with an enemy. I said, but understand what Paul did there. Be blind for a season doesn't mean be blind forever. I don't know if you get in there. The thing is, the man was withholding what he was doing, preventing psychopaths from receiving the message. Is that okay? So it's like saying, until I finish what I'm doing, have no sight, no ability, be blind for a season. By implication, when I'm done and the man has repented, you're going to receive back your sight. Are you following what I'm talking about? So now, it gives you ability to be in charge of your situation. Once you are filled of the Holy Spirit, you have ability to be in charge of your situation. You can control your situation. You can control your environment. You can control whatever thing. Seems to be an obstruction on your way. You can control it by what you say. Hallelujah. Are you sitting here with me? You have, you see, it places you in place of authority. It, it gives you advantage over every situation that seems to be a hindrance to your life, to your progress. It gives you that advantage. You can make declaration or bring solution to your problem once you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not given to somebody else to do for you. It is given to you to do for yourself. Praise God. So Paul was saying, you can't stop me making progress in talking to this king. You can't stop me making progress in doing what I want to do. As long as you're standing on the way of the righteousness of God or the word of the righteousness of God, you're going to be blind for the season. And that was it. 
So, you check your life. Is there anything standing on your way? Is there any hindrances you're facing? No. Have you rightly come to the conclusion? This is the way God intends me to go. And here is a hindrance on you. Have you come to that place? I am saying you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a declaration. And what you say is going to come to pass. I wish I can hear a lot of amen to that. I'm trying to make you understand this. That Christianity is not just another religion and it's so personal. It's so personal because the Holy Spirit is resident within each and every one of us. It is what you do with the Spirit that matters. I don't know if you're getting dates. It is what you do with the Spirit. It is how you intend to walk with the Spirit that matters. It's so personal. You need to understand that. The Spirit is personal to you. I don't share my Spirit with you. My spirit is stressed in me. Your spirit is stressed in the, the same Holy Spirit. But God is saying, out of that same abundance that are given to each and every one of us, we are meant to profit. So how are you profiting from the Holy Spirit? It's not enough to be a Christian. It's not enough to be in church. You've got to come to the place of profiting from the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I said that before, the Holy Spirit is all about salvation. That which is called salvation is nothing but dust holy under the Holy Spirit. That's what you lost in the garden. You've got to understand that. You lost the Holy Spirit in the garden. You lost relationship in the garden. But you came back to God. And what's the next thing that's happening? God brought back that same Spirit that you lost through Jesus Christ. Right from the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came again, rested into your spirit. Now you are who you are supposed to be. Amen? And so God intends you to walk in the same light of the Spirit that you have received. Paul will not go consult anybody. Be blind for a season for me to do what I'm supposed to do. I declare to you today, anything that is standing on your way shall give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory. Acts chapter 6 verse number 1. Our servants, number one. You know the story very well. The Bible says, in those days, when the number of disciples had multiplied, and there arose a murmuring of the gracious against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among your servants, men of honest repute, full of the Holy Ghost, and what? Wisdom. Aaron, who we may appoint over this business. I just want you to pick that. Listen. Remember, in the course of this series, I told you, Jesus was full of Holy Ghost and what? Power. Stephen was full of Holy Ghost and what? Faith. Remember that? Good. I mean, Philip was full of Holy Ghost and faith. Stephen was full of Holy Ghost and wisdom. And one of the things that happened in Acts chapter 7, you begin to see Philip recounting history. Right from where God called Abraham to date. He could just recount the whole thing. That means everything was on him. Because like in John 15, Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to remind you of all things that I've told you. 
So when you connect with the Holy Spirit, it takes you back to your very beginning. You can get back. Sometimes when you see visions and dreams, it's taking you back to who you used to be and who God intends you to be. He gives you the beginning, he gives you the end. Stephen was able to speak all through. Why? He was full of the Holy Ghost. And that's why I keep telling you, there's a need for you to study your Bible. Because situation comes when the Holy Spirit has to remind you of one or two scriptures for you to be able to overcome that problem. Are you there with me? Good. So Stephen was full of that spirit of wisdom. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was upon him. And I made it to understand one of the things that Stephen actually experienced again, being full of the Holy Ghost, was that he was able to see into the spirit realm. Your eyes get open to see things that no man can see. Your eyes get open to see things that ordinarily you cannot see. Why? Because you're full of the Holy Spirit. Are you there with me? Praise God, somebody. Now, this thing is personal. Somebody ought not to be seeing it for you. You should be seeing it for yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. The emphasis is what you can do, what you ought to be doing, how you ought to be living with what? The Holy Spirit. Amen? Alright. So here the Dickens were full of what? Holy Ghost and wisdom. Why wisdom? I keep on emphasizing this. You don't need power to solve problems. <laughs> Are you there with me? You don't need power to... There was a problem in this church. You don't need power to solve problems. What you need is what? Wisdom. Husband and wife, think about it. Even in business, you have a problem in your business. How do you solve it? It's not power. You don't need more of the Holy Spirit. What you need is what? Wisdom. To overcome the problem. So anytime you find yourself in dilemma... What you need to capture, what you need to pick, what you need to receive, you just tap your head, if you will, and need wisdom. Praise God, somebody. Do you understand that? You're having a problem with somebody, what are you supposed to do? I need wisdom. Wisdom to overcome. Wisdom to settle this matter. Husband and wife, wisdom to come to a place of a makeable solution. That's what you need. And it's right there in your spirit. You don't need to be praying and singing songs at this stage. You know, for instance, you're having a problem with your husband, and the next thing you enter the kitchen, you're singing, Satan, don't fuck for Botao, Macha, Macha. I think by the time you are done with your song, the house will be aflame. Because the man will be thinking that he's, he's, he's Satan now that fall into the gutter. Are you following what I'm talking about? You don't need those songs when you have a problem in your home. You don't need proverbs. Silly proverbs that you talk sometimes because you're having a problem. Even with your neighbor. A neighbor in your company. You don't need some of those proverbs. What you need is what? Wisdom. Praise the living God. This is what we don't understand. Now, why am I sharing these things with you? We have always believed that when you're full of the Holy Ghost, the only thing you do is to speak in tongues. And the next thing is to heal people. The next thing is to do signs and wonders. So since you can do all of those things, you don't have the Holy Ghost. That's the deception. The Holy Ghost is not always in power. The Holy Ghost is not always in signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't know if I get in this. But everybody is made to profit from what? From the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways by which you profit from the Holy Spirit, what I'm sharing with you, is what? Wisdom. In talking to people, you need wisdom. As a marketing manager, 
trying to get people to your company. What do you need? You need wisdom. You are approaching people that are hot. What do you need? You need wisdom. Scripture says, soft answer turns away anger or wrath. You need wisdom in life. And now the Bible says you are full of the Holy Ghost. Once you follow the Holy Ghost, that means you can easily handle any problem that is brought before you. When people have problems and they come to you, what do you say? Now, when people have issues and they come to you because they are a believer, what answer do you give to them? What solution do you provide to them? That's why you need to begin to rely on what? On the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Okay, give me Isaiah 11. Let's just say 3 and 4. Isaiah 11. Let me just read this for you. I'll make you understand something. Glory to God. Isaiah 11. And as you make him have a quick understanding, now I'm talking about Jesus, my son of Jesse. Quick understanding. In the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Look at verse number 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity. Now, get back to verse 11, I mean verse 3, and give me from the message translation. Take it from the message translation. Fear of God will be all his joy and delight. He won't judge by appearances, won't decide on the basis of yes sin. I don't even get in that. When people come to you for solution, when, when, listen, when people even bring other people's matter to you in form of gossip, what do you do? Jesus doesn't live his life or will never live his life based on what he hears. I don't know if you're getting that. That means, and that's what they call righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is completely outside of what people say about somebody else. Listen, when you believe so much of what people say about somebody else, get, get what? People are saying, the same people are saying some things about you to somebody else that you don't know about. Do you understand what I said there? You listen to what people say all the time about somebody else. You must also come to that conclusion that that same person may be saying things to you, I mean to somebody else about you that you don't know about. You don't judge by what you hear. You don't judge by the appearance, the way people appear to you. Because appearance can be deceptive. Scripture said, Jesus said, he never committed himself to every man because he knew what was a man. This is a realm of wisdom in living with people. Are you sitting there with me, somebody? Praise God. So the disciples, I mean the deacons, were full of faith and what? Wisdom. Not faith, not power. No, 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 no. With what? Wisdom. Because they were made to solve problems. Now where is that wisdom coming from? From the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? Resident within them. Glory to God. And now you have the same spirit which they have. The same Holy Spirit is the same. There is no junior Holy Spirit. There is no senior Holy Spirit. Are you sitting there with me? Holy Spirit is what? Holy Spirit. Mm. Praise God. Go with me to Acts 11 verse 20. I just need you to get the sins. So that when you live your life, you will leave it based on the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
See, we are called to become sons of God on the face of the earth. To walk in the light of the Spirit. Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What qualifies you, what defines you as a child of God is the leading of the Holy Spirit. By implication, there are some decisions you want to take. But by reason of the influence of the Holy Spirit, you can withhold yourself. You are being led by the Spirit. You are being controlled by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Act 11, verse 20. The Bible says, Some of them were men of Cyprus, of Siren, which were them, which then came to Antioch, or come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. Bible says, The tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. The tidings of this thing came unto the ears of the church, like I said, which was in Jerusalem, and Barnabas was sent to Antioch. Who, when he came, and he has seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they should cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man. Everybody say he was a good man. And he was what? Full of what? The Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people were added to the church. He was full of Holy Ghost and of faith. The deacons were full of Holy Ghost and wisdom. Jesus was full of Holy Ghost and power. Philip was full of Holy Ghost and what? And faith. Now Barnabas is full of Holy Ghost and faith. Now you can see why Philip could do what he did in Samaria. And here the record said because he was full of Holy Ghost and faith, most people were added to the church. Are you following this now? Praise the living God. This largely is what goes with evangelists. This largely is what God most places with the apostles. For the understanding of the word of God to come to the people. Because they are full of Holy Ghost and what? And faith. Faith is disseminated in their ministry. Praise God. Are you with me? Now let me show you something about this man. That is so dangerous about the operation of faith. Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 34. Acts chapter 4 verse 34. Glory to God. The Bible says, Neither was there any among them that lacked the early church now. For as many as we have possessed souls of land or houses, sold them and brought the prizes of the thing that we have sold. Look at the next thing. And laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according to as he had need. The next thing says, And Joseph, who by apostles, by the apostle was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted, the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of the Cyprus, was the next thing. Having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Why and how was he able to do this? 
He was full of Holy Ghost and what? And faith. Did you get that? It takes faith to release money. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know if you are getting this. Now, you can see why so many of us can't give. You can see why so many of us can't, we can't release money. It's difficult. It's just difficult. Some of us get into hypertension when our wallet is drying out. No faith. This is what the Holy Ghost helps you do. Releasing your faith that you can release what's in your hand. For as he goes out, he's coming back. Hallelujah. He said, He that watereth others will have himself what watered also. You don't sow seed and it gets lost into the ocean. No, no, no. In fact, Ecclesiastes said, Cast your bread upon many waters, for in many days you shall find it. It comes back to you. Praise God, somebody. It takes faith to do that. Not everybody can operate on this. Think about that. That is because there is no influence of the Holy Spirit is a dimension in your life. And so all you think about is how am I going to survive tomorrow? But every child of God is born to live by faith. I'll give you a story here some time ago. I remember that should be around 2009. I was supplied to South Africa and I was in Lagos to catch my flight the next day. I was in a friend's house. Patrick and neighbor my name. I was lying down in the room and I was start thinking at that moment, because I checked my wallet, I had just a uh, hundred dollars, I'm sure. Was it hundred or ten dollars in my hand? Which I'm not supposed to change when I get to South Africa into rent. So my thought was, how can I be traveling to another country with just ten dollars in my hand? Ten dollars, not not hundred, ten dollars in my hand. And a voice came to me, how does God live? And then I said, he lives by knowing. The question actually was, does God live by faith? Then I said, no. So how does he live? I said, live by knowing. For he knows the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. And the voice says, and God just instantly tells me, if you are my child, you should live by faith. You should know that your trouble has no problem at all. Whether you have money in your wallet or not, the journey is going to be fruitful. You should know it before you abandon it. You live by faith. Hallelujah. Come on, are you sitting there with me? Praise the living God. I was here some time ago. I was sitting down there. And the Lord just asked me, look back. I looked back and I saw somebody. And he said, take care of that person. I was sitting on that chair. I was in trouble. That was a Sunday service. And then I said, okay, Lord, I've heard you. So I told the person, see me on Tuesday. And then I was thinking, take care of that person means I should give the person some money. I should bless the person. Now I have nothing in my wallet. Nothing. Even in my car, nothing. I said, Lord, but you said I should take care of the person. So how am I going to do that? I already asked the person to come to me on Tuesday. I was in the office. On Monday, when I came in, towards evening, my account just picked up. Money just entered into my wallet. 
and the exact amount the person needed, it was 10,000. Instantly, I went and withdrew the money. When I came into the office the next morning, the person was not coming because I already told him, see me in the morning, right? And the person just walked to the office. And he was trying to sit down. After greeting me, he was sitting down. I said, please sit down. What did I say? No, say nothing. I just pulled out the envelope and gave it to the person. And he said, this is not why I came to see you. I said, yes. But the Lord said, I should give this to you. And the next was, my landlord has been troubling me. I have 10,000 dollars balance. This is exactly what I needed to pay my house rent. Hallelujah. And I said, but, but you are saying, this is not why I came to see you. I said, yes, I know. But this world God told me to call you to my office. Now, guess what? That was the only money I had in me at that moment. My account was red. That was supposed to be what would have been there to account. Are you there with me? Now it's gone now because God said, No, when you live by faith, you're not thinking about tomorrow. Provision will be made. And uh, is anybody hearing what I'm talking about? Barnabas sold the land without thinking about anything else. He took all the money. He didn't take some out. He took everything, placed them at the feet of who? Of the apostles. Let it be given to the people. Can you do that? That is what I'm saying. It took only faith to live this kind of life. And that faith is in the Holy Spirit. I don't you, is anybody hearing me? It flows out of you at any particular situation. Whatever circumstance. Now if you go to chapter 5, you'll be able to see the difference. In chapter 5, you have Ananias and Sapphira. What happened? They sold the land and they kept part to themselves. So the judgment that actually came to Sapphira and Ananias was through who? Barnabas. He has already set a standard. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody following me? So faith sets standard for others to follow. Did you get this? They've already set a standard. This is the way this church should be operated in. This is the way we should function in this place. He's already set a standard. But when this husband and wife came, they were trying to live below the standard. Holy Ghost doesn't want to do that. He wants to maintain the standard. He wants to keep the structure because it was his only place that the man could do what he did. Are you there with me? Now, I mean, if you understand that this is the same thing that made Noah to condemn his age, his time. The Bible said, Noah condemned his generation. How did he condemn his generation? He became a righteous man because he believed what God said. He set his standard for the rest of the people. So the rest of the people were judged by the standard of who? Of Noah. Oh, come on. Is anybody following what I'm saying now? See, you can operate in faith and set a standard for others to follow. That's what I'm trying to say. It comes from the Holy Spirit. How do you live your life? How are you walking? Praise God. So, you see, when we come to this dimension, we are not thinking about, okay, give me 1 Samuel chapter 10. Give me the last two verses. I'll show you something. When you start living by the Spirit, when you start living by the Holy Spirit, you're setting a standard. And when you come to that level of standard of living, you can come down for yourself. You are even setting a standard, not to talk of other people. For Samuel chapter 10, verse 26. And Saul also went home to Gibeon. Now, this is when he was anointed by Samuel. Is that okay? Is anybody here? Are you following me at all? Good. And Saul went home to Gibeon. And there went with him a bind of men. Whose heart God have what touched. Don't expect everybody to follow you. Don't 
cry and crush your head. Because some people can't recognize you. Only those whose heart got touched are the one that went to Saul. Was he anointed? Yes. Why didn't the whole nation follow him? Because God never touched the whole nation. The faith to follow Saul was given to certain individuals by God himself. Look at the next thing. I'll show you. But the children of Belia said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no present. But he held his peace. Hallelujah. As a king, men supposed to be present to the king. So men whose hands have not been touched. What I'm trying to say is this. It can only be by God touching your heart that you can do good to anybody. To a minister. To anybody. Only God. And that is faith. When God put a burden of somebody in your heart, you are preaching by faith. Make sure you follow it. Not everybody came to Saul. Not everybody gave Saul present. Why? God never told their hearts. I don't have to be bothered because somebody is not ministering to me. I don't have to be bothered because somebody said, no, no, no. It doesn't have to be. I already know this from day one. Not everybody can believe me. Not everybody can work with me. Not everybody can resource me. Not everybody can minister to my need. Not everybody. Only those who God have told your hearts. When you know that, then you don't have to be in problem with your brother who is not helping you. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you there with me? When you know this, you don't have to be a problem with your sister who is not helping you. No. Only those who God have told your heart are meant to come to your need. I just gave you a story. The person was sitting down there. It was not as if the person came to beg me. Are you there with me? But what happened? God touched my heart to solve the problem of the rains. Only those who God have told your heart can minister to you. Therefore, don't have any me because anybody is so ministering to you. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't have anybody in your heart like an enemy or somebody is not faithful, somebody is not good, somebody is not helping me. No, don't, don't, don't ever do. No, you rather pray God touch the heart of whoever you have decided to touch to be able to help me. Is that okay? Don't, don't place anybody at heart. Sometimes when you have some people in your mind that you want to be the one to help you and God has not touched them, you know what you're trying to say? I do it myself. You're trying to use wisdom to get some people to be the one to help you. God will pull out. And sometimes the help of those we are looking for, that you have in mind to be the people to help you, it could be too small compared to the people that God will send to come and help you. Have wisdom. Are you listening to me? You just need to live with wisdom. So come to the place of faith. On your part, you are better than somebody, even as you are sitting down. And God intends you at that your level of being better than the other person to be a very source person, a strength and encouragement to that individual. Just like you expect people to minister to you, God expects you to minister to other people. Praise the living God. And this is a problem we face in society because we don't walk by the spirit of faith that is in the spirit. We don't walk with this grace. We don't walk with this dimension. So our faith is always down. We are unable to minister. We are unable to give. We are unable to send things to people. We are unable to look around and see what can be done. Remember this man? 
What did he do, Barnabas? He sold and brought to the church and said, I need the church to be settled. I need things to be done in the church. I need people to be helped. In fact, he just simply said, Apostle, here is the money. Whatever thing you want to do with it, go ahead, do with it. Are you done with me? Praise God. I was chatting a few days with the pastor that came to visit me. Spent some more time. I was so impressed and the minister so strongly to me when we were chatting. When it comes to church projects and all that and the way they are being handled. Sometimes this guy on his own with his own money, he does business together with pastoral work. He take money, buy properties, buy things, buy things in the church. Before ever they get to know about it. He said, this is the way I live my life. Hallelujah. I don't know if you are following what I'm saying. I'm talking about the spirit of faith that enables you to do things without thinking twice about it. That enables you to release whatever is in your hand without you thinking twice about it. Do you know why those who preach faith, they prosper? Do you know why those who really preach sowing and giving, they prosper? We may attack all of those things, but the law of sowing and giving is right there in the scriptures. Genesis chapter 8. As long as the earth remaineth, harvest and seed time, sowing and reaping, shall not cease. We are on the earth. As long as the earth remaineth. Genesis chapter 8, the last verse. This principle is what operates on the earth. And that thing can happen except by word, by faith. Praise God. Are we see here, and that is why those who go by faith they move on, they progress in life. You'll be wondering how it is just a simple principle they are putting place in practice. Man must not live by bread alone, I mean, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of the Lord, and they just shall live by faith. Those who are justified. <laughs> in the blood of Jesus, they shall live their life by what? By faith. Did you get that? You've been called to whom he knew he called, to whom he called, he justified, to whom he justified, he glorified. The just, those who have been justified through the blood of Jesus, your sins are forgiven, you are not righteous, you call as a child of God, you can only live by faith. The just shall live their life by what? By faith. You can't compare yourself to anybody. You don't. Look at the incident we're looking at. Look at Barnabas. Look at the nurses of Pyra. They cannot pray faith. They all died. But Barnabas lived on. His name was right on record. Plays it at the apostle's feet. How? He was living his life by what? By faith. The just shall live by what? By faith. Praise the living God. Did it make sense to you? <laughs> Hallelujah. I need you to have a, a little thing. I'm just share this little one and then we can go into prayers. Oh, glory. Acts chapter 13. I like this. Remember, we're talking about being full of the Holy Ghost. Acts 13, verse 48. Glory. Are we there? Acts 13, 48. Look at this. Mm. 
The Lord will take care of a brother who is on a journey. Take care of a brother who is on a journey. We count it down in the name of Jesus. Act 1348. The Bible says, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as we ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecutions against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Iconium. And the disciples were filled with what? Joy and with what? The Holy Ghost. Look at that. Jesus was filled with Holy Ghost and power. Stephen was filled with Holy Ghost and faith. No wisdom. Philip was full of Holy Ghost and faith. Is that okay? Barnabas was full of Holy Ghost and what? Faith. Is that okay? You could say land. What were the disciples filled with? Holy Ghost and joy. Why? You don't need faith in time of persecution. You don't need wisdom in time of persecution. Let me show you what I'm saying here. Proverbs 24 verse 10. Proverbs 24 verse 10. I feel strong in my spirit. Thank you, Father. If thou faint in the days of adversity, in the days of trouble, thy strength is small. If you faint... If you are bruised, if you are confused, if you let go in the days of trouble, your strength is small. What is your strength? Nehemiah 8 verse number 9 and 10. Look at your strength. Nehemiah 8 verse number 9 and 10. Praise God. And the Bible says Nehemiah was, I mean, which is the Tishbat, Tishabat, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levite that taught the people, said unto the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, weep not, for all the people wept when they heard the word of the Lord. Look at verse 10. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portion unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Glory to God. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be a sorrow. What? For the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. Did you get that? If you fight, Proverbs 24, in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What is your strength? Your joy. If you fail in the days of trouble, your joy is small. If you're collapsing, you feel the watch come upon you because of an issue that's on ground. Your joy is small. The joy of the Lord is your strength in the days of trouble. If you faint in the days of adversity, your strength is small. That means you don't have the joy of the Lord. That means the Holy Spirit is so ministering joy to you. You know, everybody talks about Paul and Silas. They sang the praise and the Holy Ghost came down. Where were they when they were singing in prison? In prison. Can you be in prison and be singing? 
the joy of the Lord was their strength. And the more they started praising God, the power of God came down. The freedom they needed came. Are you following what I'm talking about? Praise God, somebody. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. You're looking at trouble in your home. You feel like you want to give up. You're looking at a situation in your business. It is like, I need to give up. Your strength is small. What's that supposed to mean? The joy of the Lord in your heart is small. The Holy Spirit is so ministering great joy to you. In times of difficulties, the thing you need to overcome is the spirit of joy, the spirit of grace, the spirit of gladness, the spirit of rejoicing. In the midst of difficult times, that's why John keep, I mean, Paul keep on telling the people, I rejoice and I say again what? Rejoice! That double rejoicing. Rejoice and rejoice! In the days of trouble, you don't need power, you don't need any of those things. What do you need? Joy. Hallelujah. As the joy of the Lord begins to well up in your spirit, things will be coming down. You come to the place where you don't even see the problem the way they are anymore. Because there is something, you know, falls coming out of your spirit. Joy bubbling up. Every now and then, you just see a greater glory. You just see a greater future. In fact, you already see solutions to the problem. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen, somebody? So the disciples were persecuted. The disciples had problems. Everybody was coming against them. But the Bible said we were full of the Holy Ghost. And what's the next thing that happened? They were full of joy. So when you're full of the Holy Ghost, in times of trouble, the only thing that comes out of your life is what? Joy. You'll be rejoicing. That joy. Now look at what happened. In Isaiah 12, verse number 2 and 3. Very quickly. We'll draw the cutting here today. Isaiah 12, 2. Mm. Behold, God is my salvation. Can I hear that? Amen. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. Glory to God. So you see, strength is connected to our song. And where is song coming from? Joy. The Lord Jehovah is my strength. So when you begin to sing with joy, strength from God comes to you. Praise God. He is also, it become what? My salvation, my deliverance, my freedom in the midst of those problems. The Lord will become my strength and my song. Hallelujah. In the midst of those difficult situations, he become my strength and my song. Think about that. Are you still there with me? Look at the next verse. Therefore, with what? With joy shall ye draw water out of all the wells of salvation. Oh, glory. How are you going to draw? With joy. Did you see that? When you are happy, or you need to be happy, no matter what is going on, you need to rejoice. When you start being happy, when this thing fills your heart, you'll be drawing from the well of salvation. You're drawing from the abundance of the Spirit. That's why in John, in John 7, 37, down to 39, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit that in the days of that particular feast, and it says, out of the belly of those that believe in him shall flow what? Rivers of what? Living water. So you take joy to draw from that living river. That's resident to you. Did you get this? This is what gives you your freedom. This is what gives you your liberty. This is what gives you your deliverance. Joy. 
from the abundance of the Holy Spirit. When it begins to overflow, river is not just a river. This is just is beyond well. Hallelujah. The, a well is something that, but here's a river. Are you seeing that? And it's just all river, but rivers. And can you guess what? We find four rivers in the book of Genesis that flow from the garden of God. How many of you understand that you are the garden of God? Out of you, breaking forth. Hallelujah. The four rivers. Same thing you find in the garden. Out of joy. It is only with joy that you can begin to pull this out. I am saved. I am delivered. I am set free. I am made whole. I rejoice because of my God. I know he is faithful. You just keep declaring out of joy. You sing in the song which is your strength and God has become a strong and my strength and in so doing out of your belly there will be that flowing of river for deliverance for freedom come on somebody hallelujah are you following me this is how to walk in the Holy Spirit this is when you are full of the Holy Spirit what begins to happen to you and everybody is casting down their head, you are standing up and looking up everybody is bending down, you are looking my Redeemer, leave it, hallelujah are you still there with me somebody you are looking, some people are looking at the strength of chariots, they are looking at armies, they are looking at weapons they are looking at natural things, but you said the Lord is my strength hallelujah, you trust in his salvation. You trust in this well of salvation. Out of your belly now flowing that joy. Songs will be coming to you in the night that you don't even know about. Songs that have not been written that begin to come to you because of your situation. For he said I'll give them songs in the night. Hallelujah. What night? Your night season. Not, not, not your 12 hours in the night. But your night season. Hallelujah. When trouble is on your way, that's your night season. When things are not working, that's your night season. When business is not picking up, that's your night season. But the Lord said, I will give them a song in the night season. Hallelujah. And then you begin to sing with joy and strength will be coming to you. Wisdom begin to flow on how to organize the business, how to organize your family, how to organize the situation. Solution begins to come where you're not even asking for it because your mind is being set free. Hallelujah. I have explained this to you before. Do you know why Jesus have a reed on his head? Some of you cannot remember, but I've explained it. If you check my other book, you see the design there. Grace and the anointing. You see that read there? That turns upon the head of Jesus. Do you know what it stands for? Listen to this. By a strike, you are healed, isn't it? Amen? Right. Now, that crown, when his head was bruised, it has to do with your mind. He replaced his mind with your mind. That's what the Bible said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the arrows of the enemy to give you wrong thoughts that are coming, that read is preventing them from penetrating. Because his head has been bruised, your head is normal. Because his head has been bruised, your head is correct. Because he has been bruised, wrong thoughts are not coming to your mind. For a man is who he is. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. So when the enemy wants to fool you, when he wants to mess you up, he gives you wrong thoughts. But the read on the head of Jesus, preventing your mind from receiving the arrows of the enemy, so that you can have a sound mind. Hallelujah. Are you following me? 
I, I need you to live the true Christian life. I need to live out the life that God has ordained for you. I need to be strong on the face of the earth. I need to walk with boldness and confidence. I need to know to make that declaration. I am a child of God. I am born of the Spirit. I live for Him and Him alone. And He takes care of my situation. Our God is good. Our God is good. I said, Our God is good. 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 And He shall reign forevermore. Forevermore. Our God is good. Come on, sing it with me. Our God is good. And He shall reign forevermore. Forevermore. Our God is good, our God is good, our God is good, our God is good. Our Isharin, our Isharin, forevermore, forevermore. Hallelujah. Where is he raining from? Hallelujah. Take the final scripture and we are done. Luke 17, 20, Just based on this song. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you are leaving this place strong and strong and strong and strong. Hallelujah. The Lord has visited. I know what I saw tonight in my vision. Mm-hmm. Neither say, Lord, here or Lord, there. No, go to verse 20. The disciples, some of the Pharisees, came to Jesus. And this is what it says. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, you know, to make a demand is not, not simply asking question or asking for you know, opinion. They say, you got to tell us. You have to say it now. Hallelujah. When he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God Commit not with what? Observation. That is to say, it's not what you see with your natural eyes. It doesn't come with fanfare. It doesn't come with motorcade like a king is entering a city and then people arrive, motorcade, entourage, whatever. It doesn't come that way. It's not something you see, but it's alive. It's not something you see, but it's forceful. It's not something you see, but it's right there in power. Look at the next thing. Neither say no. That they say, Lo here or Lo there, for what? The kingdom of God is within you. So when we say the Lord is reigning, where is it reigning from? From within you. Did you get that? When we say Christ is reigning, where is it reigning from? It's from within you. The kingdom of God, the king of the kingdom, is within you. His authority is in your life. His rulership is right on your inside. For he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Hallelujah. I just want to encourage somebody. Just to let you know that all these things you are seeing around you, all these things you haven't seen around the nation, no, no, no. As a child of God, they are not supposed to confuse you. They are not supposed to bring you down. They are not supposed to take you out of course. You are so focused. Though you are in this world, you are not of this world. What makes men to go down, makes you to go up. What sinks people is what saves you. What drowns men is what gives you life. Hallelujah! Somebody say, you mean what you said? Yes. 
What happened to Noah? The same water that killed people was what saved Noah and his people on the boat. How many of you understand that? What kills the world is what saves you. What destroys the world is what builds your life. What brings the world down is what takes you up. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit resident where? Within your spirit. Come and stand up somebody. I just need to thank the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.